Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds, and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging, and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences, as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. This is the next episode of the Gloriously Messy Me podcast. And honestly, every guest I've had, I've literally said I'm like a bottle of pop. But this person in particular, I have known for the longest. She has been on the wobbliest journey of success with me. And mainly because I cause havoc when I sit in her chair. So today <laughs> I have the amazing Terry with me, who is my hairdresser. Now, some of you might be thinking, why has she got her hairdresser on a series where the last few episodes we've had her therapist and her coach? Well, Terry has been probably a bigger support than I think she realizes. And yes, she does amazing hair and it doesn't matter what style I've had. And there's been plenty um, over the last 10 years, but the conversations we've had and some of the things that I'll be sharing today that she's kind of just said to me has absolutely made a massive impact in the success that I've had in the last few years. So before I ramble on for yet another 25 minutes, <laughs> let me get Terry to introduce herself first hello oh that was a lovely little introduction already I'm dying to know these things that I've said to you that have made an impact <laughs> I can feel the nervousness already she's thinking what have I said <laughs> because if anyone's gonna rambles on it's definitely me as well so <laughs> it's Venus we make a right pair but yeah really 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 nice that you asked me to be on this podcast this is the first time I've ever been asked to be on a podcast I know <laughs> I know maybe I'll get onto a hairdressing industry one at some point in the future yeah. but um yeah like you said some people are probably thinking what the hell is a hairdresser doing on here <laughs> um but I do like to think that us hairdressers are kind of like unofficial therapists really because we do have you in our chair for hours on end and like yeah. you said um you've been sitting in my chair for well over a decade now so we yeah. have kind of followed each other through yeah all right, all right, exactly. <laughs> so yes my name is Terry Nadin I am a hairdresser I am a salon owner um I've had my salon for 14 years now um I'm also a brand ambassador for a large UK uh hair company um I'm an educator me and Charlotte met through education um I'm a man of two boys um and I'm a wife and yeah that's 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 me <laughs> Yay! Oh, when you said 14 years it makes me realize that I've actually been coming to you for 14 years then yes more scary yes I know <laughs> yeah, I know, half, really. I know. clearly yeah. not aged anymore. not at all we look exactly no. the same we, we do we're different here <laughs> we're different. <laughs> well I have Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think it's been for me. We started back in university doing our teacher training. That's where we met. Yes, and I think it's fair to say so much has changed for us in those fifteen years. I think it was fifteen years ago. So it was just as you were opening the salon, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, teacher, teacher training. And one of the things that I have always found interesting is 
the conversations that you have actually within the hair salon and like just sitting in a hair salon you can hear other stylists having like sometimes really personal questions and conversations with yeah (laughs) (laughs) it always amazes me the the information you guys get just because I guess you're there for me I am and have been at your salon probably give or take a few years every six to eight weeks Mm -hmm. two hours at a time every six to eight weeks so yeah I think maybe at times I might have seen you more than my parents I know I know and and I think that's why people do open up to us because number one we are quite a large part of each other's lives like Reese always laughs at me because I don't call people my clients I'm like you know my friend yeah like who I'm like well she's my client but she's my friend (laughs) um but we also we don't know anyone else like usually people that you become friends with are kind of part of your extended family or you know each other in other situations but because it's kept solely to the salon it's like we know each other well but we we're we're really impartial because we don't know anyone else personally within your within your sphere so you can have really honest conversations and ask us opinions and we wouldn't have any bias yeah either way because we don't know anyone else yeah 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 I guess and and I think it just feels really non-threatening so yes. this is just that that part of you can share anything and everything. And don't worry, men, I haven't been gossiping about you. But you could <laughs> share anything, couldn't you? And yeah. you didn't really know. There's unlikely to have those connections, although that sometimes does happen, I guess, because within yeah. the community and um I'm sure there's plenty of clients who've talked about other clients. <laughs> <laughs> they probably could have got themselves in trouble. <laughs> and and I think for me, there was definitely, I mean, I, I wonder whether maybe we were friends before as a client, and I definitely would call you a friend now. Yeah. Even though I do just see you really in that environment. Just, well, on, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but honestly, that's the only place I see any of my friends as well. Because <laughs> life is just busy. So Yeah. And <laughs> I like, myself quite lucky there. It's like, you know, in maintaining friendships, I can just be like. I'll see you in the salon that's fine <laughs> we, we do like her for other reasons than just her hairstyle and talent mind. I just want to point that out she's a genuinely lovely person <laughs> that's not just how she makes friends um yeah and I guess for me that was like part of the the messiness of the journey that I've been on and you will have seen me go from job to job yes and you will have seen me have you know children who've grown up and yes. you've seen my son go from sitting in the, the chair oh, happily to, to, cut. yeah to now you know paying eight pounds by the way for a bottle of shampoo which you know at the age of 50 <laughs> is quite a, quite a good expense to put your pocket yeah in. um so you, his curls are nicely defined so you've definitely educated my son <laughs> but we've kind of seen lots of milestones and for me the business has been one of the consistent things so tell us a little bit more about your kind of success journey with the salon because you've got a really successful salon oh thanks <laughs> you've got you know you haven't been taking on new clients for years now <laughs> so you're what clearly you're very good at is holding on to customers as well so tell us a little bit more about your success journey there yeah so it, it was always one of my strengths when I was in an employed salon um being able to retain retain clients I did always love it and I loved working in a salon um but I've always been quite an ambitious person and that's how I ended up meeting you because I did think um I couldn't just be a stylist my whole life 
Um, as much as I like the reason I went into hairdressing is because I love it. So I've always been, whilst I'm ambitious, I'm always driven by passion. So I always wanted to do something that I enjoy doing. Um, so I thought I would become an assessor for hairdressing. And so I went into uh, the degree to do teaching. And um, whilst I was in the job assessing, I desperately missed being behind the chair. I desperately missed being with those clients and having those relationships. Um, so that's when I opened the salon. So yeah, um, at the time this was 2009. So we just had the big crash <laughs> and salons were closing left, right and center. And I remember my boss at the time saying, are you mad? You must be mad. Like we are losing learners left, right and center because salons are closing and you're gonna open one, are you crazy? But I'd always, um, I'd always believed in my, in my ability, in my hairdressing ability. So I was 23 at the time and not driven, driven by the passion and driven by, um, yeah, wanting to do, to do well, but not necessarily make huge amounts of money. Um, I thought I can do this. You know, I was 23. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have kids. I wasn't married. I was like, what's the worst that could happen? I'll just move back home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I opened the salon with a business partner because I do think, um, I do think I probably would have, uh, been less inclined to do it if I didn't have a business partner going in. Okay. So we opened that together and yeah, that worked really well for the good few years. We, we wanted to train our own staff, which we did. Um, um, yeah, we were really successful. And then we both had children. We both got married. And our focus has probably kind of changed slightly with the two of us. And yeah. whereas I was always wanting to kind of push on and do more. And you know, this was when, you know, balayage was becoming big. And I wanted to really sort of like get stuck into that and new techniques. Um, and so I we decided I would buy out my business partner just because, you know, our priorities had changed. Yeah. And so I started going it alone. And that was when you know, I was really able to take control of the salon how I wanted it to be. I was never running ideas past anyone else. It was like, yeah. right, I can do this myself now. And that was a real turning point for me. Um, yeah. And so from there, I then thought, what else can I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided to go for a, what we call in our industry an artistic team which is where you get to travel and educate and work on stage shows and that yeah. kind of thing with the brand that I that I work with so they hold a, a competition every two years where you can get onto this team and I entered the competition and I got onto the team and I've yeah. since been employed by them as an ambassador so I do lots of education I do lots of traveling lots of stage work um and from there because I kind of utilized social media into that my Instagram grew I took on lots of clients I started posting the work that I like to do and yeah from there it's just gone from strength to strength I attracted yeah. stylists and salon that you know are, are fantastic they're all Super really fantastic talented. what they do yeah so we've been yeah. able to grow this real sort of great salon with incredible stylists and yeah so it's probably been four years since I was <laughs> since I've taken on any new yeah. clients yeah. um which works great for me because like you said it you know it means I'm busy all the time but 
but because I get to do the creative work outside of the salon I'm always doing new things I'm always doing models yeah. I'm always doing you know so I get to do the creative things as well as keeping my clients because all my clients are friends now <laughs> don't think I can let any of them go that's so, why we're friends <laughs> with me forever yeah and and what you've missed out in there is that COVID happened and yes. you you know the the salon continued to yes there was obviously struggles and I'm not taken away because I remember you know it was hard but even through that I think it showed testament to you know the talent for one I think anybody can have passion but you have to have some talent but anybody can have talent and if you haven't got the passion behind it it doesn't mean a thing either um but you were able to really harness that and use that I think probably intuition as well to guide the salon through some really tough tough times yeah yeah I mean yeah they I mean they really put it on us didn't they that we were closed in the initial lockdown for four months which is yeah. uh which is a long time that's a uh, long amount of roots not, yeah. to, to, to wait to yeah. have retouched them just saying yeah but I think equally I think it did kind of show our clients how valuable we were to them because people were going out of their minds thinking oh my god I need to have my head and um but yeah just in terms of uh getting through that whole thing yeah I've always been very proactive I've always been well organized and I've always been that way inclined so yeah I was very much I was you know first in there with um you know do people want to buy vouchers yeah use when they come back and and you know because I have grown such a such a community within the salon you know all my clients yeah. were like you know I'll still pay you I'll do you know and yeah, yeah. Government support did come in as well and so it did work out really well but it did mean that yeah once we were we once we reopened we all just worked our socks off you know yeah day in day out working yeah. all the hours to get through all of the the backlog of clients yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah. and I, I think one of the things you've just highlighted there really is how important people's hair is to them and you know literally the first two years of, of um launching can be I literally made so little money <laughs> that we as a family were, were really struggling and I remember Gareth saying to me a couple of my husband saying a couple of couple of weeks ago we were talking about it and he was saying that literally sometimes it was like do I pay petrol or do we buy food you know we would we literally had no money yet every six months which I was I tend to come every six to eight weeks always have and I just couldn't afford it yet I still knew that I had to have my hair done and it's the journey that I've been on within that roller coaster and it's been really messy but the one thing is my hair's always been on point <laughs> and it's changed and it's adapted and you know those who will have known me from a couple of years ago I went copper during COVID and you know I go into Terry and I'm sure she's every single time thinking oh what are we doing now and I, I think I literally went in and was like no we're going to keep it the same for at least two years which was really good for me but well, I think it was just after you got married was when I first started doing your hair wasn't it yes yes, yes. and yeah. I had that terrible blonde it's like Barbie Barbie's old hair that's been raggedy for about three years because nobody's <laughs> ever looked after Barbie's hair it was that like yellow oh it really was it was not almost like the yellow of my chair it was not good but, but it was slightly longer than you'd usually wear it as well I think wasn't it because you had you wore it up for your wedding didn't you 
yeah which I'd always been pixie so my kind of like identity had been with a short pixie crop and that had changed from colors so colors I've always been adventurous with but there was something in my 20s that I just clicked with this pixie crop and decided to grow it out for my wedding and then wear it up which makes (laughs) no sense to me and I had this like random fringe thing that in the end I had to pin off my face so literally I grew it for no reason whatsoever and then I dyed it black didn't mean to dye it black and I think (laughs) my husband who was my new husband at the time said I think you need to find a new stylist and I just (laughs) knew exactly who it was going to be and I haven't changed since so no I know like you are by my husband the longest relationship I think that at the end of this podcast, you're going to have to put up a selection of photos of all your different hairstyles over the years, because people are going to be listening, think, thinking, I wonder what she did look like. That's a really good idea. <laughs> and it, collage. Yeah, and ironically, the, the photo on the front of um, the podcast artwork, I've got a copper hair still, because I had the photo yeah. with copper hair. So yeah, if you don't know what I look like with blonde hair, you just need to come onto YouTube and you'll be able to see <laughs> Just saying. But um, yes, well, I think I've seen you blonde crop, brown crop, copper crop, copper bob, blonde bob. I don't think we've ever done brown bob, but I think we've done balayage bob. Yeah. Darker root. And then. And I grew it. In between. It was yeah. long as well. It was quite long. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was probably the most patient I've ever been with my hair. Yeah. And then I lasted about nine months, I think. And then I went, take me back up. Yes. And take me copper. <laughs> so we went for a complete and utter change. Although I think I might have been longer actually copper. Anyhow, I guess what was really interesting for me is during all of that time, you will have seen me really struggling with um with Kim B. And then obviously things have just grown significantly. And I'm sure if we were to look at the the book, you would see that's probably the more frequent I've come in as well. It's definitely the thing that I always allocate money for. Always. Um, each month always there and one of the things that I remember we were sat chatting and you were asking like how things were going in business and there was a couple of parts where I was like yeah it's okay and it really wasn't and then I remember you saying to me did you just call yourself like the ultimate coach because you just know everything about everything and it was just such a flyaway comment I think from maybe I was wrong maybe you're going to tell me no that was super intentional (laughs) it was super intentional (laughs) absolutely focus the mind and it was one of the things that will always stick with me because at that point I realized that what I was projecting out about what the business did was absolutely messy there was no glorious in it it was just (laughs) didn't know what I did and Yes, I had all of these kind of experiences and expertise, but I didn't focus the mind at all. So just that little comment from (laughs) from you whilst you were even, I have no idea what even colour you were doing my hair at the time, but that made such an impact on where I am now in terms of like unpicking that messiness. Yeah, yeah. Because I've, I'm quite a... um... I'm very methodical person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very, you know, everything has an order and everything has a structure, and yeah. and, and that's how I educate as well when I'm when I'm teaching courses. Um, and yeah, it's quite it's funny that we get on so well because 
yeah, you are just like the, the polar opposite of, <laughs> of yeah. how, how my brain works and how your brain works. It couldn't be more different because yeah, you do, you know, but it, that in, then inspires me as well because you come in and you just, you know, I can say one little thing about, oh, I was thinking about doing this and you say, and you could do this and you could do that and you could add this and you could add that and you could do this together. And, <laughs> and so we kind of, we, we've obviously just both met somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, every time that you have come in, it, it has always been, I do this and I do that and and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I've started this business but I'm still working on this and I'm still picking up these contracts but I'm concentrating on this next one (laughs) it is and that's the thing I think that's where that embrace a mess because your success is totally within the messiness and as I forge through with the, you know, the podcast and what's coming next for the podcast and like the manifesto and all of this different things I can see where it all clicks in together. And whereas previously I would have really struggled with that identity of being messy, I totally, totally embraced it and see it as that strength because often the people I work with come from really, really good expertise. They've been doing their job for a really, really long time. And not that I've think for any one minute there was stagnation in what you were doing but lots of people I work with have this kind of stagnation of I don't really know what to do next I don't know what to do like how do I use this talent and propel it into something so much more that leaves this kind of legacy yeah that's like part of my magic and that's part of what I love but sometimes I get overexcited (laughs) overexcited what's those dogs that like super excitable that's me um a jack russell not a jack russell but i can't think what they're called but yeah and there was something there that you just and there was a couple of things afterwards where you know i'd come in and i would show you photos of like a copper long flowing full fringed hairstyle and say I really like this and then I really like this and that opposite photo would be like a bright pink a a bright white copper not bright white copper a bright white pixie crop and you'd be like well I can't do both (laughs) and I'm like well why can't I do both obviously I do know I can't do both hairstyles that's kind of always been my, my mentality of why can't I do both but doing all of it all together even got to the point where it confused me and I just didn't know what I wanted to do or what I needed to do and and it was at the beginning of taking on some contracts where we were starting to see stability and that stability gives you choices I think doesn't it it allows you to then think what's the next step and just having those conversations with you and around what success meant has been like a really important part of giving me the safe breathing space to think, okay, what actually is it that I want to do? Just because I can do it doesn't mean that I have to do it. Yeah. So what then does success or how has success changed for you over the kind of, I guess maybe the last few years, but over the last decade, what, what and how have children and family and having a business yeah so yeah that definitely has changed Mm. (laughs) definitely does change things absolutely um I mean growing up and when I first started out in in the hairdressing industry I never thought about money I never thought about you know when I was in school I was never like I definitely want to go to university I want to do law or medicine or I was never you know 
have to do that because that will give me a good standard of living and that will pay for this that and the other it just never ever crossed my mind I was always more I want to do what makes me happy I want to do what I enjoy doing um and I would and I I didn't particularly enjoy school anyway so any opportunity to leave was uh yeah. <laughs> I was going to take it um I had hairdressers in the family my auntie was a hairdresser so it seemed like a something that you know I'd always enjoyed doing my own hair very difficult to manage hair I always did quite well with it so it was something that I'd always you know kind of been interested in I remember people saying to me in school oh well, you did well in your GCSEs are you going to stay on now like as if yeah. you could only do hairdressing because you were dropping out because you yeah. were a bit thick yes. um so and, and obviously I was like no i I enjoy hairdressing. I started working in a salon on weekends. I really enjoy it. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to follow. Um, so it's not until you kind of um, get that little bit old and think, oh, I want to buy a house. Um, yeah. I want to get married. I want to have children. Uh, you know, I kind of want to be successful. I need to be a bit more successful in terms of money yeah. in order to have these things that I want. Um, and whilst, you know, some positions within hairdressing are well-paid, it's quite well known within the industry that you know when you're starting out when you're a younger stylist and when you're working for a salon it's not huge amounts of money not enough that I wanted anyway to yeah. get on in life so that was when I started looking outside of uh, outside of just what I was passionate about but really I never kind you know I never thought I'm gonna have to leave the industry or you know yeah. I was always no I love this I love what I do I love what I do how can I earn more money so how can I enjoy do? so success kind of came about how can I make my my chosen career my industry work for me rather than oh let's just go to that job because it pays more money or let's just go yeah. to that job so it's always been kind of making sure the job works for me rather than me working for the job yeah um, and isn't that so much more important so yeah I think having you know the like you said surrounded by people that you enjoy spending time with yeah team that you enjoy spending time with that that is so much more important than a couple of hundred extra pound in your bank account yeah definitely definitely so I don't know if that's where you know where minds in uh, entrepreneurial minds are different you know I didn't think okay well I'll get a job as an assessor because that's a bit more money and then I could become a manager of an assessing team. That's a bit more money. And then I could become an internal verifier and that's a bit more. And then an yeah. external verifier. And then maybe I could, you know, I didn't think, right, okay, well, if I want money, this is the way that I'm going to have to go about it. It was very much like I thought about doing that and then thought, no, actually, that's not, that's not for me. Yeah. So how can I make this work for what, for what I want? And, you know, yeah. having it here done is, is, it's not cheap. So there is money in the industry you know it's not yeah if you if you if you if you've got a talent and you're good at it it's a trade and and there's there's money to be made so it's definitely about and I think across industries people are starting to figure that out now and especially I think since COVID as well where people have been able to be at home be more present with their families and I saw a huge shift in the hairdressing industry and yeah. um, you know, I'd already started doing that anyway, because like I said, from a young age, I thought, right, how can I make this work for me? How can I yeah. develop this career? What what can I do that means that it works for what I want? Um, and I still now get people like, you don't work weekends. You're a hairdresser. You don't yeah. work weekends. Like, it's like a shock to the system when people yeah. hear that. Um, 
But it's like, well, this isn't, there's no written law that says every hairdresser has to be available to you on Saturday. If you, yeah. <laughs> if I work these days and they're the only days I choose to work, if you can't make it, then fine. I'm not the um, stylist for you. <laughs> and we fit in though. So like yeah. Friday afternoon, I will take the afternoon off and I will be <laughs> in the hair salon <laughs> because Terry doesn't work Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, for, like, I think that's the right thing. And it's the way it should be really for for lots of people and I think lots yeah. of people do a kind of nine to five Monday to Friday and that's because that's the way that it should or they think that's the only way that it needs to be done and I think not enough people look outside of their abilities to see yes. how they can monetize that as well yes, definitely, definitely ways that we can provide flex in in our finances as much as our time yeah, definitely. Because, you know, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't just have to be a trade. You know, anyone who has got a skilled job, a skilled career, they have got a talent. They have, they have got knowledge that other people don't have yeah. that they want. So if your Monday to Friday is not, is not suiting your lifestyle, but you, there doesn't seem to be any other options there is always options there's like, always options look at what you can offer look at your talent your skill set your experience even things that you've overcome you know challenge yeah. there's always something there that other people want they want to know they want to hear they want to learn yeah and it, yeah just that's what you need to do is get yourself an ultimate coach who can, who can help you <laughs> manage that. Make, yeah. your, make your career work for you rather than you just working for your career. Yeah, it's that cliche, isn't it? Yourself. Like dare to dream. But I'm all about yeah. creating like impact and influence, but success on our own terms. Yeah. So for those people, like I don't really work with that many people who are ambitious to make seven figures. That's not who, because I won't attract those people because... I don't have ambitions to make seven figures. Yeah. When I talk to lots of people, they're like, really? You don't want seven figures? Do you know what? If I made seven figures, I wouldn't be turning it down. Just yeah. saying. But actually, no, for me, it's about flexibility of time. It's the ability yes. to come and go and do work that I want to do, not choose choose or kind of have to do. And I think so many people just go another year, two years, three years. And then before you know it, you're 14 years in the same salon. Like 14 <laughs> years of the same, this, this, like I've never once contemplated moving elsewhere. I'll just say that's because it's great customer service and great quality <laughs> work. But the reality is that we will think about certain things only when we're not happy. Yeah. And so many people aren't happy, but they're not unhappy. So therefore they kind of just go day by day by day without ever being really conscious in their life. And I think that's the difference that I see with those people that are surrounded like by who've created success on their own terms. They haven't just kind of wandered or slept walk into life. They've been really conscious about it. And you've described yeah. your kind of conscious journey, I guess, in creating success that meant that you had a lifestyle that worked for you and your family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the key there, isn't it? It's being conscious of, of where you are, of where you want to be and what you want it, what you want your future to look like. Yeah. And yeah, being this kind of sort of organized <laughs> forward planning person that I am, I suppose like that kind of helps as well, because I'm always looking, oh, well, hang on a minute. How long am I going to do this for? And where will I be if I continue to do yeah. this? And, and so, you know, with, 
having children and knowing that I'd have, you know, want to take time off and all of those things. Like, well, hang on a minute. If I'm in an employed position as an employed stylist, I'm just going to get statutory maternity pay and I won't be able to be flexible. And yeah, will I just have to come back full time or will they make me work late nights? If I, you know, so all of those things I've always asked myself, you know, well, so, you know, now that I've had children and I am married, now it's, the other you know the things that I'm looking for into into the future is yeah. you know when do I want to retire yeah. when do I want to pay my mortgage off yeah all yeah. of those all of those things but I've never been sort of like the short term I want to I want a, a Range Rover or I want to have holidays to Dubai or you know LA or what have you know I've never had yeah those, the success has always been those long-term yeah long-term goals for me and without compromising you know time with my children and like I said yeah. flexibility so yes I could work more hours yes I could work weekends my my children and my husband go and play football on weekends and I go along with them you know it's kind of if you can't beat them join them yeah but I could quite easily work a Saturday now I could quite easily pick up you know my children in full-time school so I could work more I could I could get cleaner instead and and work more but I like to be home. I like to, you know, I like to pick up my children from school. I like to do all of those things. So it's just, yeah, the, the, the success for me is, is that flexibility and that time, not that chasing, chasing the money. Chasing day in, the day out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm exactly the same. And I think despite the journey being very different <laughs> and definitely not quite as methodical, um, that that desire to live on your own terms is really really strong whether it's blonde hair whether it's copper hair <laughs> currently we're on the same kind of length yeah or short we probably do the same thing um but yeah I think that's the, the beauty of it and I just knew that when we were doing this series I had to talk to you because your success journey has just been really inspiring and you can see that forward thinking has really paid off and you can see that continuous forward thinking really pays off. And yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure for you to share with me um, that journey. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. It's been <laughs> thank lovely. you for having me. I've loved it. And I love the fact that we're the first podcast. Yay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I've said it all now though there's no point in me going on anything else it's like well there is it. that yeah <laughs> don't need anybody else just just Charlotte's is fine if people want to kind of check you out though um where can they find you on socials because I love stalking your socials oh thank you so much um you say socials like I use multiple sites I only use Instagram um I You're think very good on Instagram I think um yeah visual you know hairdresser so Instagram has always been my yeah. my page of, of choice Twitter I've now I don't think I've ever joined Twitter before in my life Probably. um well, and I think I'm a bit old for TikTok now it's a, I don't know I think I've missed oh, that <laughs> I bet there's plenty of people listening going uh, uh, uh you'd make a killing but yeah I think <laughs> so you like, can find, yeah Instagram's Instagram perfect that, yeah oh, so really. yeah Terry Naden here on Instagram um yeah that's where you can find me um, I obviously I will put this out on my channel so that if any hairdressers want to listen to because I do bang on about this all all the time um, <laughs> with other hairdressers about you know being self-employed and working for yourself and making your career work for you so I will put this out on my channels for any hairdressers who are watching and my 
DMs are always open to anyone to message me if they if they want some advice or, or yeah. help or guidance. Um, but yeah, for um, any non hairdressers, then best to slide into your DMs for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> think ultimate coaches uh, because I've been having you know unsolicited advice for like fourteen years to help me get where I am. From even though she didn't want it. <laughs> she'll tell me is this Charlotte, is this doable no, i've definitely nudged you off track i think a few times too that methodical like plan yes. why don't you do this yeah. instead yeah oh, brilliant well, well thank you so much not for... me off track it's you know pushing me forward as a, a good coach always does you will do it you will <laughs> oh brilliant well thank you so much and thank you to everyone who's listening as well take care bye bye